If you've experienced a DNA surprise, you know that your emotions can range from shock to denial to grief to anger to confusion to joy and around again. And sometimes it's hard to find people who understand this unique experience. Sometimes we feel a little stuck as we navigate this journey. That's why we created the DNA Surprise Retreat. At the DNA Surprise Retreat, you'll enjoy six expert-led sessions to help you process your DNA surprise. You'll eat delicious catered meals, and most importantly, you'll build beautiful friendships with people who understand you, all in a stunning private ranch facility in the Arizona desert. If you've had shocking DNA test results, know that you're not alone. This retreat is for you. Join us September 19th through the 22nd, 2024 in Phoenix, Arizona. Registration is open now. Reserve your space at dnasurpriseretreat.com. I'll see you there. You know, 50s and 60s and 70s, everything was pushed away and hidden. Because, you know, I didn't think in 50 years' time, you know, you can get all these DNA, you know, these DNA kits and just buy and send it away and then they come back. Yeah. So back then, they, you know, nobody had a clue. Welcome to DNA Surprises, a podcast that delves into the world of unexpected DNA discoveries. I'm your host, Alexis Auersalt. In July 2021, my life took a surprising turn when I found out that I'm an NPE, a person who has experienced a non-paternal event. In other words, my biological father isn't who I thought he was. Join me as we explore the stories of NPEs, adoptees, and donor-conceived people and their families. Get ready to unravel the astonishing journeys that begin with a simple DNA test. This is DNA Surprises. Imagine being 16 and witnessing your parents' divorce. Imagine finding out at this time that the man who raised you is not your biological father. You find your biological father and fail to connect with him. So you go through the next three decades just living your life. You have a child you get married, you get divorced, and then you take a DNA test and experience a DNA surprise all over again. Only this time, the truth is closer to home than you imagined. In this week's episode, Ray shares his remarkable DNA surprise journey, including how he finally discovered the true identity of his biological father. Thank you for sharing your story, Ray. I'm Ray. I'm 50, just turned 52, and I'm from Australia. So we're sort of going to go back and forward a little bit. Go back to the start. Obviously, I was born for father figure, two sisters. So then I get to the age of uh, 16, and my mum and my dad split. I went to live with my mum, and the two sisters went to live with the dad. So then mum tells me, Peter's not your real father. This other person is. And I was like, oh, 
like 16 years old. He goes, oh, she said, oh, do you want to meet him? And I said, yeah, okay. I really didn't have a clue. Like the only thing that started to get me was when I was about 12 and 13, I was playing junior sport and you had to produce a birth certificate and it had obviously this different name. So I remember asking my mum, because she was still married then, I said, oh, you know, what's this name? She goes, oh, oh. now when I married your dad, I was married to somebody else and, you know, I had you, but I just didn't get around to changing. 12 and 13, you go, you don't, don't know. So you go, yeah, okay. And, you know, even at school, a few times people would go, oh, you don't look like anything like your sisters and blah, 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 but that sort of happens anyway. How did you feel when your mom tells you at 16, oh, by the way, this is actually the truth? Like, how did you take that? It's funny, I remember it pulling up into the driveway where we used to live because then she was going to tell my two sisters. And it was just like a matter of, it was, you know, it was parked in the driveway, so we are just here to talk to your sisters about, you know, you know, Peter's not your birth father, and it's like, oh, cow. So we only told the sisters, and, yeah, it was just, I don't know. It was more like, oh, and she said, do you want to meet him? I said, yeah, okay, so. Okay, so um, then you met him. What was it like when you met him? It was different. It was weird because... You know, you had this person who really hasn't had anything to do with you. And you're thinking, oh, you know, he's my birth father. But, you know, I met him with a grandparent, his brother and his wife, brother's wife, and their three children. He didn't have any other siblings, so I was sort of it. We were still in Albury, which is sort of down southern end of New South Wales, and he lived up in sort of north end of Queensland, so it's a long way away so we ended up catching a train to meet him and stuff it was different did you feel any connection to him at that age looking back at it no (laughs) (laughs) Um, but i did have a connection with his brother which is funny and i got on better with his brother than what i did with him so 16 to 26 i was you know trying to get a connection with him and then at 26, I thought, oh, you know, this is just not, you know, this is not working. So I'd cut that off, but I did actually still stay in contact with his brother. I used to go up there and blah, blah, blah. It really got on well with him. And then it got to about 30, and then I just cut that off as well. I just didn't have any real, like, looking back, and I didn't have any connection at all with my birth certificate father. Yeah, okay. So to just kind of recap what you've explained, you had a father growing up, and then around 12, 13, you find a birth certificate when you're going to play sports, and you see another man on the birth certificate. But at that point, your mother still explains it away that... Your father that raised you up to that point is your father. Yes. And then at 16, she comes back to you. When you're 16, she comes back to you and says, actually, that wasn't true. The man on your birth certificate is your biological father. You connect with him, try to make it work for 10 years or so. It doesn't really work. You do connect with his brother, for another few years, and then both relationships kind of fall off. Yeah, yeah, I just fall fall out, yeah. Okay. So then I get married and so forth, and then, you know, divorce and blah, blah, blah. So it was about, 
must have been just 40, it's been about 10 or so years ago, I get this uh, Facebook message. My cousin contacted me, you know, for searching on the Facebook and found me and sent me a message saying, oh, can you contact my, my father, which is, you know, my birth certificate's brother, my uncle. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I rang him up and he said, oh, you know, look, Tim's, you know, in palliative care and, yeah, and he's not probably not going to survive, you know, he's going to pass. And I was like, oh, okay. And he said, oh, you know, whatever you want to do, you, you do sort of thing. He said, it's no, it's no skin off my nose, whatever, but he said it'd be good to keep in contact with you. I said, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he kept me updated and he rang up and said, oh, look, he's passed. And do you want anything? I said, no, look, I don't want it. You know, I don't want anything at all. So, so yeah, then I reconnected with him. So I had a daughter by this stage. She must have been five or six or something. She might have even been a bit older, but they invited me to go up there for Christmas. So I had to take my daughter Gemma up there and she's met all these new people and the kids going, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> so I kept in contact and Gemma got invited. We got invited to a cousin's wedding and Gemma was in the bridal party and and so forth. And, you know, we all get on really well. And then... Gemma must have got to year, she's in year seven now, which is first year high school. So she must have been in year four. So at study year four, she comes home and she goes, oh, Dad, we did a, a family history thing at school today. And she said, you know, I don't know much about your family. I said, oh, okay. I said, I really don't know much. I said, I can, my great grandparents on, you know, both sides. So I said, oh. This is it. And so that's sort of all I know. And if my birth certificate side, they, they, he, my father's side originally came from France and then they went to England and and so forth. So, so it's, you know, we might have a bit of French blood. And she was like so excited. Mm -hmm. Oh, I might be French. And, you know, can we go to France? And I said, oh, my God, <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> so she was telling me this and I was watching actually an ancestry show on, on one of the TV channels here. I think it's Find My Family or something similar. And, mm -hmm. you know, the ads for the DNA kits come up. And I thought, oh, that'd be really good to find out what my ancestors did. So, you know, ordered the kit, you know, you spit into the little thing, send it away. And then, uh, you know, you email and send you a result. And I was like, oh, I opened it. I did Scottish, a lot of Scottish, a lot of Irish, English, like Swedish, and down the bottom was Tongan and Samoan. I thought, that's weird because my birth certificate father was born in England. So I thought, why don't I would have a lot more English blood? Yeah. Than, you know, English heritage and, you know, what I did. And I thought, oh. and then that was weird. And then down the bottom was a Tongan and Samoan. And that was even stranger. I didn't know any both sides of a family, you know, because it really could have only come from your mother then. If if your birth certificate father is from England, like it probably would have been from your mother then, the Tongan and Samoan, right? If it was mm -hmm. accurate, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, oh, it's weird. So, you know, sort of ditch that. And then you go on to where it's, you know, you know the matching one, like you first on your matches. Mm -hmm. And it came up with these people and... You know, had Megan, Carmen, Sonia, and then Carmen's got a couple of kids, so their children were. 
and it was like, this is weird, this name, like Smith, for example. It's like, I don't know any Smiths because mm-hmm. Megan was my, what I found out was my auntie, so she was quite, you know, high, and I thought, I don't know any of these people. And then Megan's daughter, Carmen, was underneath and she was managing everyone else. So I just sent her an email. She sent one back within, oh, not even a week, I don't think. And then we started to correspond going, how does this work? And I said, oh, where are you from? And she goes, we live in the west coast of Australia, so it's on the other side of Australia. I said, I don't know any of these names, like the Smiths. And she said, my mum's maiden name was Jones. And they go, oh, okay. I said, oh, where was she from? And she goes, oh, you know, the Joneses were from Albury. And it was like, oh, that's weird. I knew some people with that surname. I said, you know, we were family friends and we used to go around there a lot. I used to play sport with their sons, Mark and Brent. I said, you know, we used to go there, like family outings as such. And she goes, ah. So for two or three years, it was... I was my mum adopted, so I was trying to track down records, you know, to see how this all worked. Mm-hmm. And then it got to a stage where it was just driving me insane. Like, I was actually, you know, I wasn't really well mentally. I thought I had to try and resolve this. So then I got my daughter to do it as well. And I thought, well, if it's a mistake, if it's a mistake, these people won't come up on her. So she did the spit and came back, opened it up, and it was exactly the same people. What is going on? So at that point, did you realise that she had not been truthful again? Or were were you thinking this is someone you were kind of in that denial stage where you were thinking, oh, my mother must have been adopted. There's something else going on. Okay. So you were still in denial, but it was really bothering you that you didn't have the answer. Yes, because it was like, you know, this is frustrating me why it's come up on my daughter's one as well. Mm-hmm. So then it was like, well, I have to resolve this somehow. And my cousin, Carmen, who I was speaking to, she was really good. Like, she's really nice. But she, like, I'd be asking questions going, oh, you know, you obviously know more than what I do. She goes, oh, no, I don't. So ended up finding like a family society, history society, mm-hmm. and they actually do DNA stuff. I took all the results to them and they said, oh, you know, come back in three weeks. So come back in three weeks and they said, oh, you better sit down. So he sat me down and they said, oh, just open it up. And, you know, they slowly started to tell me, Megan's your auntie. And that's like, oh, and she said, She's got three brothers, and I said yes. She's one. He said those three brothers haven't done the test, so we, all we can determine is that one of those three brothers is your biological dad. And I was like, what in the hell? <laughs> it's like, oh my god! Like, how did you how feel when when they told you that? It was like when he actually told me that. It was just like, what in? I was just in shock. Mm-hmm. And he goes. Um, do you know who these art people are? And I said, yes. One of Megan's brothers, I said, my mum knew him when they were younger and my stepdad went to school with him. So I said, we were around there nearly every weekend for barbecues and I played sport with the boys. And I said, oh, yeah, I know 
been really well. I said, not so much now because life goes on. It's just all a shock. And he goes, okay. So I got back home, rang up my cousin, and I said, oh, I gave me the results. She said, as soon as you started with correspondence on you, she said, I knew it was one of mum's brothers. And she said, obviously, I knew, I think I was 90% sure it was going to be Ross, which is the one I visited. We were going around there all the time. So long story short, we eliminated one brother, down, narrowed it down to two. And by that stage, it was like, well, I think I know who it is. So from March 2022 to... November that year, I had a gut feeling it was him. And it was like, how do you ring up someone and tell them, this is what I found out and you could be my biological dad when you've known the person previously? So, yeah, I was a mental wreck by that stage. I have to finish this. So I sent him a message on Facebook, a messenger, and swap phone numbers and, you know, he rang up and spoke to his wife first and, how are you going? Blah, blah, blah. Then he got on the phone and I said, oh, I've done this ancestry thing and sisters come up as a close match. He goes, oh, which sister? Because one of his sisters was adopted as well. I said, oh, Megan, the one in Perth, and that's his biological one. He goes, all right. I said, yeah, under Megan is Carmen. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, oh, what does all that mean? I said, oh, there's possibly a good chance that you could be my biological father. And it was just like, oh, he was just like, it just went dead silence. It's like, <laughs> mm. like, oh, my God, what have I done sort of thing. So then it was like, I don't know how, you know, had a bit of a chat. He said, I don't know how this could be and blah, blah, blah. So he ended up a phone call and then uh, two or three days later he rings up. And he goes, it's a long time ago, 52 years. So he said, I was just trying to rack my brain on how. And he said, the only thing I can think of is that he did a tour of Vietnam. So when he finished his tour of Vietnam, obviously I was shipping him back he was shipping him back home and he came his first port of call was Brisbane, which is up in Queensland. And my mum had relocated from Albury to Brisbane, been going out with this other guy for a while. And he said, All I can remember back then is I ran into bumped into your mother and that was it. <laughs> wow. Now, and it was like, oh, yeah, because is your mother still alive? She is, but she's got dementia, okay, so she's in a home, so I can't get anything like, yeah, she's got she's got no idea what's going on, so okay, um, so you can't get answers there, so no, so you get this confirmation then, yeah, how are you feeling at that point? I was actually quite relieved by that point because I've been bottling it in for like from March to November. So I was at the stage, you know, stages between March and November where I didn't go outside the house because I was just, you know, how do you deal with something like this? So, um, and I actually said to him, it's like, oh, I'm sort of relieved now. You know, it's, it's out, so I don't have to keep it bottled in as such. So we ended up then getting like a paternity test. So then the paternity test came back at, you know, 99.9999. So, yeah, it was confirmed by the paternity test that he was actually my biological father. So. Wow. Yeah. 
So it's like looking back, going around their places at 12 and 13, not even knowing. It's also, oh, my God. And so he, uh, had, he had no idea then, like none. No. Son. Wow. All he, all he sort of said, because, you know, who's got a population of like, it's a bit bigger now, but back in the day, it's Know, 30 or 40,000, so it's one of those places where everyone sort of knew each other or somebody knew, you know, a friend would know something. So it's all. So he said, I remember seeing you as a baby. It's like, he obviously went back to Orby and mum went back to Orby and he said, didn't even register. Wow. Like, oh. Did you end up meeting him again? Yes, I met, met him in March, just for a night, flew up and met, obviously, my brothers again. My sister and sister-in-law and a couple of big brothers and kids who are, you know, a bit older. Went up and took Gemma up in July. We stayed up in the Gold Coast for like a week. I introduced Gemma and stuff and then I just came back two weeks ago just for, I went up every like three nights. Just His wife wasn't there, so it was just me and him actually. So it was actually quite Good to have a little bit of a chat about things. You mentioned that with Tim, you did not really feel a connection. It was something that no. you really tried for. Do you feel a connection now? No, because gone through two two other people thinking, you know, they being my birth father. So it's really hard to think about him as my as my dad. So my sister and little girl goes, so oh, it's a very similar in little quirky things that you do and stuff. And even when I was walking around the shopping centre the other day with him, he's going, oh, this shop here, oh, let's get something. And he's sort of walking around and going, I can see where I get my the word. We can't sort of settle on one thing. You have to sort of go. Oh, like indecisiveness? Indecisiveness. I could be going, oh, one cafe, oh, no, I don't like it here. And then we sort of walked around and I was thinking to myself, now I can see where I'll get this from. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You said that not knowing and having all of this uncertainty really affected your mental health. Oh, yeah. How are you it's doing awful. now? Oh, heaps better. <laughs> I think once I actually let it go in November, I said, you know, I need to get rid of this. Either way, it was like, you know, what if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's like, at least I've got it out. I think it would have been easier too if it was a stranger because mm. you've, got no con- you've got no connection to a person. So it would have been like, if I found out in March, you know, I would have been trying to track him down and it would have been a lot easier to just come out with it than, you know, to somebody that you actually used to know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, why do you think that is? Well, it's just a personal connection. I face knowing someone personally, yeah, it made it really difficult to go, geez, but you know, until so like he's 70, so imagine being 74 and getting a phone call out of the blue and going, Oh, what did you do 52 years ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, are you the oldest of his biological yeah, children? So okay. Younger, my younger brother's, he's just turned 50, so it's probably, yeah, near enough to two years difference. So he wasn't going out with their mum when he had the meeting with my mother. So I think that um, tends to help. It seems to help the relationship when there wasn't an affair or anything like that. So Yes. But the, another issue was that his wife, and my mum, when they were younger, they were really close friends. Mm-hmm. So I think she's got a 
not a discharge. She's got no, no issue with me and Gemma. But, yeah, at the start it was, she was very, I think, disappointed in her husband because, you know, here we were as family friends and obviously he hadn't said anything to her previously about his relationship with my mum. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden finding out, oh, she didn't say anything and he didn't say anything. Here I was being, you know, a close friend with his mum. And yeah, she's really nice. I know that you can't get a lot of answers from your mom because she has dementia. Do you have questions for her if if you could ask them? And what are they? I've sort of done a bit of research on her too, but, you know, she was born in 50. And her parents back then were 36 and 37. Obviously, that was, I mean, she was the only child. Back in the 50s, to have a child when you're that old, I shouldn't say that old, but back mm-hmm. in the 50s, you know. So she, I think she spent the first what, six or seven years, whatever you do at primary school, and then they shipped her off to boarding school. So she must have been 12 or 13. She had me at, she was pregnant with me at 18, sort of had me at 19. So in between that, she obviously left her hometown and moved up away. So in some respects, it's like, well, she never really had a relationship with her parents, really, because after primary school, gone to boarding school away, and then she's obviously moved. So all I can think of is that she was so young and... Obviously, she knew they all hang out in a friend circle. So I think she knew, but because she was so young, she's just gone, oh, it was this other guy, which they were dating. So So you think that she knew that Tim wasn't your father? Yes. Okay. But, you know, it's easy for me to say that without, you know, her being in that state of going, you know, she's got no idea, but... I've got a gut feeling that she, she knew. And, you know, when she had me, she was only 19. So I think she just panicked and gone. It was a British bloke. Yeah. <laughs> so It is interesting, though, that at some point she did decide to come clean with some version, right? That the man who raised you yes. wasn't your biological father. Yeah, because when, when those two split, yeah, my two sisters went, yeah, when for dad and I went with mum, and that's when that's it. And all I remember is asking her, and she told me, and I said, Oh, how come no one told me before? Oh, your stepfather didn't want you to know. What do you hope for with your relationship with your newfound family or reunited family? Um, it's still in that respect, I'm still in that thing. I really don't belong anywhere, really. I'm still, I know who my father is now and who my mother is, but I've still got two hats as such. So, you know, my two sisters on the other side, one's not one, when I've told one, because I'm changing my name and to change my birth certificate to uh, my biological father's name. Okay, so when well, I've told let's her, take a moment to discuss that. That's a big deal. So you are, you're correcting your birth certificate in your name. Yes, I've done that. I've got that back and now I'm going through the stages of changing, yeah, changing to hit to his name or well, my name really now. Yeah, why so, is that uh, important to you? To find out now, I know who I am. Eventually, after fifty-two years, to find out you're not, a, and you're not a, but you're actually an, as such. So, yeah, 
that's now I know who I am. And yeah, congratulations. That's that's something that I think a lot of people in our community. Well, I, I'll speak for myself. I hadn't really thought about the name conversation until I started speaking to people on the podcast, and it makes perfect sense to me that you know once you know the truth, yeah. you want documentation to support that and like you said that's yeah. actually who you are yeah because you, you know birth certificate had this other, other name on it and he, and he wasn't even biologically anything and my new father he goes is there anything you want to know or want me to do and I said the only thing I really you know apart from things I said the only thing is like my birth certificate I want sort of change he goes yeah 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 so he's been really you know, like open to it you know he's got another he said, now I've got another granddaughter and, you know, his wife is, when we first, I took my daughter up here, they said, oh, she said, you know, Gemma, you can call me Nano and you can call your Pop Pop and stuff. So she's, yeah, everyone's been really accommodating. But my sister was on the other side, on the old side. I shouldn't say on the old side, but, you know, who I grew up with, she, she's been a bit funny with me changing my name and so forth, but. It is what it is, really. It's, it's, yeah, it's not, not to say I'm not prepared to have anymore. It's just, you know, I've, what I've found out. So, yeah. Um, yeah. If it wasn't for my daughter coming home on that particular day, because it was a Tuesday and the show's on a Tuesday night. So, when she told me I was watching the show, so I always think if she had came home from school and didn't even mention anything about that, it would have been one of those things I would have looked on TV and go, oh, yeah, get, I should get one of them one day and just never got it. And so I would have been going on with life thinking, you know, the person on my birth certificate's my dad. Wow, wow. <laughs> it's funny, the timing of it all. And it's so interesting. There are so many of those little coincidences or luck or serendipity that happen throughout these journeys, right? And yes. you're right. If your daughter hadn't happened to come home that day and said, hey, I want to know more about my family while you were watching that show. Well, watching that show yeah. would have been like, and she said, would you get it done? And I said, well, well if you came home and didn't say anything, and I, you know, because I like, I still, you know, I was watching that show all the time, still watch it. And I was always fascinated by watching those shows going, oh, sugar, you know, imagine when there are 60 people finding out it. You know, fifty and sixty, and you know, different all ages. Going, how would you, how would you feel? Yeah, <laughs> now I know how it feels. It's, no, my cousin yeah. now calls it. He said, "Oh, it's just, it was just like going through a reality TV show." <laughs> <laughs> Stranger like, oh, than God. fiction, for sure. Yes. How have you been supporting yourself and taking care of yourself throughout all of this? What's been helpful to you? Uh, well, I went to a counselor. At the start, because I was seeing her before anyway, so I did a couple of visits to them, and then where the historical society is, I'd actually go down there a little bit and have a chat to them about it all, and they were really quite help, like really nice. You know, I said I remember going down there quite often, and still go down there, and they said you're not the only one. They said now all these kids are coming out. He said we've had like people like you come in after taking the test and going, what's going on? I said, you're not the only one that's come in like this. I said, we've had heaps of people. How has your daughter Gemma been processing all of this? The only thing she was disappointed was that she was hoping to have a bit of French in her so we could go to <laughs> France. And 
So the only thing now I said to her, because she's got a bit of Tongan and Samoan, that's from my father's side. I said, oh, if you can't go to France, but you can go to Tonga or Samoa. It's just not the same. <laughs> so, so we ended up finding where that connection was. It goes back like five or six, my fifth great grandfather or six, yeah, he was on a boat after leaving England and they stopped him at the Samoa or Tonga and he got off and he ended up marrying someone from there. Mm. So that's how. But, yeah, so she was disappointed with the French bit and she's met when we took her up there. My sister's got two two children around the same age, so children are quite resilient. So they got on like a house on fire and, yeah, she was a kid. I think kids are really good like that. Yeah. Easier. It was probably easier for her to do it than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just a, a journey still. Still, you know, still trying to figure out, you know, who everyone is and what everyone's doing and, you know, where do we really belong? Because I'm still in that. I really don't belong anywhere, really. I'm just sort of there. So it's just weird. But it, that's good weed. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. That's part of it, right? And it just takes it time is, to yeah. figure it all out. And it's still oh, relatively right, yeah. new for you. Yes, it is. So it's only been, what are we now, 10, 11 months. So it hasn't been a year. What advice do you have for a parent who is keeping a DNA surprise from their child? I think tell, no matter what age it is, you have to tell them because you don't want to get to my age or even people who are older and then find out all this. And also medical stuff too, you know, if there's any medical issues, you just have to tell tell people. And what advice do you have for someone who just uncovered a DNA surprise? Probably go and seek a counsellor. Eat well. If you do exercise or do whatever interest you, you have been doing, keep, you know, keep that up. So I just stopped you know, I used to exercise, just stopped everything. Talk to and talk to a lot of people. Ray, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. I'm so glad that you got the answers to yes. who your father was after kind of sitting in that space of confusion. And I wish you the best as you just navigate and kind of figure out where you fit. And I hope that you find a place where you feel like you belong. Thank you, Alexis. Thanks again to Ray for sharing his story. If you have a DNA surprise that you'd like to share, submit your story at dnasurprisespodcast.com. Until next time.